Hello, and welcome to Marlboro Learning Together at a Distance, conversations about our coronavirus experience. I'm your host, Dr. Katherine Atwell, Dean of Student Research at Marlboro and a member of the History Department. This pod is a production of the Sherry and Ed Glazer Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. We created this podcast as an opportunity for all of us in the Marlboro community to reflect on and share what we've been doing, feeling, seeing, enjoying, and missing while we've been at home quarantining to prevent the spread of the coronavirus that causes COVID-19. Marlboro's community is strong and smart and distinctive and diverse. So in each episode, we'll hear from different members of the Marlboro community, including current students, teachers, staff, school leaders, alums, parents, trustees, and more. They'll share stories about how they're coping and sometimes not coping so well with the pandemic. And in the process, we'll learn about some of the creative ways that Marlboro teachers and students are learning together at a distance. The goal of this pod is to connect our community while also recording for future generations some oral history about our experiences right now. We're living through an unprecedented time, at least for most of us, a time with the potential to profoundly reshape our world, our country, our city, and our school. COVID-19 is bringing out the best and at times the worst in humanity. Luckily, at Marlboro, we have the resources, and that includes each and every one of us to be leaders in this new educational environment and to weather this pandemic, coming out the other end stronger and more full of laughter and life than before. So let's get started with this episode. Hello, everybody, and welcome to the next episode of Marlboro Together at a Distance. I am so delighted to have with me today two extraordinary young women and leaders of Marlboro, and I'm going to have them introduce themselves to you right now. Hi, I'm Tara. I'm part of the class of 2020, and I was this year's All School President. Hi, I'm Tommy. I'm class of 2021, and I'm going to be next year's All School President. So, Tommy, can you tell us a little bit about what you're most looking forward to next year as All School President? Uh, something that I'm looking forward to next year. That's a little hard to say because um, I don't really uh, know what's going to be happening next year, but definitely either way, uh, either what's whether we return or we continue distance learning, something I'm looking forward to is seeing everybody's faces again um, and just seeing everybody happy because, you know, even being on call together is something that we all enjoy. And uh, why did you want to run for all school president? So I guess it kind of starts with uh, my parents, they're first generation immigrants, and they actually came from South Korea to America because they kind of wanted a better future for uh, the family that they were going to create, which involves me. And um, I've always been extremely, uh, I always found that I was always supported by people in my community, and that includes my parents who made great sacrifices for me to be here. And I'm so thankful for my community because I don't know who I would be without the people who supported me. And my way of kind of saying thank you for everybody who supported me is kind of becoming a leader in my community and helping those who might not have people to help them. And that's kind of, I wanted to run for all school president because it was my way of saying thank you for everybody who helped me become who I am today. And I always wanted to be a person who supports others. So that's always where that comes in. Wonderful. Tara, does any of that resonate with you? Why did you want to be in for all school president? I mean, it's funny you say that because I'm also, both my parents immigrated here from India. And I think what I 
what drove me a, a lot of the time is seeing other members of the community of color or members who are marginalized in our in our Marlboro community. And I've always felt privileged to be able to have a voice and speak up, um, like say my own opinions. And I think a lot of people don't have that same privilege or don't feel comfortable doing that. And I've always wanted to be like the voice for those people just because again I like Tommy said I feel like I'm in debt to like my parents and the people who made sacrifices for me and I always want to kind of be able to communicate on behalf of people who don't have that same privilege and I just I felt very lucky to have a voice so wanted to use it. I really love how you both brought up both the feelings of indebtedness and gratitude to generations before you but also the issue of of equity um, diversity and inclusion And I'm wondering how, for each of you as school leaders, you envision diversity, equity, inclusion as part of our school's mission and uh, your goals as leaders yourselves. I mean, I think that when I started this year, which feels like a long time ago, I wanted one of my main missions was kind of to be in constant communication with both Dr. Sands and Dr. Hodgkiss and members of kind of that like main leadership board of Marlboro, because I genuinely do think that they're incredibly invested in conversations surrounding diversity, equity, and inclusion. And we, it's been a long time since a leader of the community has been a person of color, at least in my experience. I think that that is lacking. Also, just in the classroom, there's a tendency for certain students to be heard and certain students not to be heard. And I just, there are lots of experiences that I wanted to kind of bring to the attention of Dr. Sands and Dr. Hotchkiss. And that experience going in to talk to them frequently was incredibly impactful. And actually, I felt really supported by both of them. Um, And I feel as though it's very important that the experience of students of color and students who are marginalized is not silenced at all. And I thought it would be better to go in and say too much than to say nothing. So every time that something came up, I would just kind of bring it to the attention of a person in power. And I think that that was really helpful. I think it was really important. And I do think it's hard because obviously I don't want to have to play the, I don't think that the all school president needs to be playing this like singular role of like being the voice for all of these people because I can't understand most of these people's journey. However, I think that sharing stories, sharing narratives is really important. And um, yeah, I think that that was one of my main goals for this year. Uh, I really like what you said, Tara, about like the whole idea of equity in Marlboro and in like the classroom. I think that's really interesting. And I agree with you when you said like, I also want one of my goals to be uh, promoting equity in Marlboro. And one of the things that I really appreciate about Marlboro is that they're always willing to listen and they're always willing to take steps, even though those steps might not always be perfect. They're willing to take those first steps. And one of my goals for this year as well is to just kind of always foster a marketplace of ideas where people who may be marginalized or may not always be in the spotlight can come forward and talk about their experiences at Marlboro and how we can make this a more equitable place for everybody. Because, you know, one of the pillars of Marlboro is community and we can't have a community if there's no equity. That's beautifully put, both of you. How do you think we'll be doing this and how can we promote equity and inclusion Uh, online. Have you had any experiences where you've seen that this year working well, or do you have any ideas for how to promote it in the future? I was actually thinking about equity during distance learning. Um, 
this actually ties into one of my other goals that uh, I was thinking about is maybe if distance learning has to extend into first semester, I was going to bring up to administration about possibly enacting an option for students to make their grades pass fail. Because Marlboro is such a diverse community, everybody has different needs and different life circumstances. And distance learning has kind of made that even clearer because I was talking to some people in my grade and some girls don't even have access to a printer. So they're having trouble with assignments or reading things or turning things in. And some people are part of really large families. But uh, yeah, kind of distance learning has made it, it's kind of like pu pulled back the curtain to show that everybody has different life circumstances. Like one of the, one of my friends, I was talking to her, she lives under a roof with like seven different people right now. And one of them is, uh, I believe she is a international student from China who's unable to return right now. And so many, uh, so many people are just kind of crammed under one roof and they have to share the Wi-Fi. So they're having like Wi-Fi issues during distance learning. And because everybody has such different circumstances and not everybody is privileged to always have access to things that they need during distance learning, it's just kind of one of those questions of um, learning should be equitable and everybody should have access to good resources. And I want to kind of, bring that to the conversation that administration might not be aware about. Yeah, I think that's really important because I think that what this has brought to light is also the overarching privilege of our community in comparison to even other communities. I think while taking APs before, prior to this year, I would be, me, my friends and I would be really stressed about studying and that would be kind of our main worry. And then what I realized this year is that there are a lot of students who can't even take APs because they might not have a laptop to um, to access that test. The, the fee was incredibly high. I think distance learning has pushed kind of a lot of these issues to the forefront just because we're all we can we have we can see the inequality just so clearly and it it's within our community, it's outside of our community. And so I think another thing that is really important is just talking about kind of how privileged Marlboro is and what we can do to help the larger Los Angeles community schools who are less than a mile away from our school are under incredibly different circumstances than we are. And just talking to some some of my friends who don't go to private schools and don't have the same access to resources that we have, like a laptop. I mean, that is the most fundamental thing in distance learning right now is technology. And there are lots of kids who don't have that and can't and can't get educated. There are kids who have to worry about food getting to the table, not necessarily AP tests. So I think kind of shedding light on even those issues and talking about and talking about and prioritizing um, health and happiness and family is really important too during this time. So let's switch and talk a little bit about leadership. And I'd love to know what you feel is important in being a leader. We've talked, um, we've talked a little bit about your journey towards becoming leaders and deciding why you want to lead in the community, but what do you think makes an effective leader? And particularly during this um, unprecedented time, are there particular characteristics that need to come to the fore to be uh, an effective leader for our community? I mean, I think that um, one miscon misconception of leadership is often that it involves a lot of ego and I think it does to a certain extent but what I've realized is that a lot of things are done behind the scenes that the community will never really know how much work a leader put into that um, and I think that a lot of it is being selfless and really prioritizing your peers and your community over yourself I think there, there's a lot of hard work that goes into it that isn't necessarily known by the community 
And I think it's important to like be at peace with that and actually just enjoy the process and enjoy the hard work and really delve yourself into it, not for the purpose of yourself, but for the purpose of other people. Serious leadership advice there. Uh, but for me personally, I feel like um, I agree with what Tara said about selflessness. That is really important when it comes to being a leader. And I also think that on top of that, specifically for what we're going through right now with the whole distance learning is at least my goal has kind of been to how to maintain that sense of community and kind of like keeping up morale because things might be really different right now. And um, just keeping strong and like uh, showing people that although things might be different right now, we're still a strong community and keeping up that morale and that strong sense of community is what's important to me as a leader as of now. I also think exactly that and being honest, because I think what I've been, what counsel and I have been trying to figure out is the balance between being super positive, but also being honest about the situation. And I think people don't want to just hear like, it's all going to be okay. Everything is okay. Everything is great because clearly for a lot of people, it's not. And I think it's a really hard time on many facets for many families in the Marlboro community. And so I think being honest, like there, there have been days where I've been sad or I've been feeling a certain way. And I think just kind of being vulnerable to the community and sharing that people are not alone in those feelings is really important. And that this time isn't normal and it's not all positive and that we are here for, or I am here for you if you're having a hard day, because that's completely fine and completely normal. Yeah, I really appreciate that comment and both of what you said, but this this sense that you need to be empathetic. Um, and then you also need to be real, real and realistic about what we're going through. And you can provide support. It's not all about being a cheerleader. There is a role for being a cheerleader, though, absolutely. So um, can you talk a little bit then, Tara, first about what you feel worked well in trying to build and maintain school spirit during distance learning and perhaps what's worked perhaps less well? Yeah, I mean, I think that as soon as this all happened, all school council met and the first thing that we thought of just because that it's been one of our strengths is kind of making videos. So we decided as a council to document like certain aspects of our day and send videos out um, and I think that that was successful. I think it's really hard, though, to kind of motivate people to continuously film those videos and be doing things all the time, because in reality, people are not like having great days every day and like finding activities. So I think that that was it worked while it worked. And then at some point, it kind of plateaued. And I think that that's an important thing for Tommy to think about next year, because we don't know how long the situation is going to last. I also think what was successful was just maintaining constant communication. So Kendra, our communications rep, sent emails every Sunday um, before people go to bed, and it always arrived on time. And it was as normal as possible, meaning it's still like covering all of the school's events and things that teachers are posting and all that kind of basic information. But she also has this style of writing that's great. So we just wanted to maintain those. And then I was also sending emails probably once or twice a week, just like, I'm here for you. Here are a few things that I'm doing and watching and reading and kind of just, again, I felt my role was being a little bit more empathetic and a little bit more vulnerable, just not as like, not too many jokes. I just kind of wanted to be like, I'm here for you. So I think designating certain people 
from council because it's not just us like there's so many people at, who are willing to help out um, based on their strengths was a really successful thing I think that maintaining that for the last two months might have not been as successful just because we're also seniors like morale is going down and I think for everyone it's kind of we're reaching this like every day is so repetitive and it's like how do you keep that up so I think finding a solution to that just as time goes on is really important. What will you do, do you think, Tommy, as we start at the beginning of the year to try to communicate with the school community and particularly students? Um, I'm also wondering if you have heard from any students who are concerned or worried about what next year is going to hold and whether they've reached out to you at all. So far, I think that um, the Marlboro girls are so incredibly strong and they're not showing a lot of fear right now. Like there is some uncertainty, but I haven't really heard from anybody who is fearful of what's to come. So I think for the future, something that All School Council and I, we're trying to do is continuing All School Council traditions to, you know, uh, continue that sense of normalcy. Like we're still at Marlboro. We still have so many amazing traditions that are still going to happen. So all school council and I, we are talking, we're going to have our first meeting soon, I think in about a week to kind of discuss what our plan is moving forward. But for now, nothing's set in concrete, nothing's set in stone, but we are definitely trying to continue traditions. So do either of you have any advice for your fellow students about how to get through the summer? Because now we're, we're moving from a period where we have this kind of structure, we have this built-in connectivity, right, and a, and a structure that allows us to check in with each other. Would you suggest that students find ways to maintain some semblance of normalcy and then also some connection with each other while we are no longer in the classroom? Um, I mean, I have always thought that social distancing is a weird term because I think that it's not part of our human nature to like be socially distanced. I think physical distance is one thing, but I think socially it's really important actually to be in touch with people. And I think whether that means, I think face-to-face is really important. So I think that platforms like Zoom and FaceTime and Skype and all of these platforms are really important because it's not like part of our nature to not see anyone all day. I think it's really important to be talking to people. I also think slowly as time goes on, as long as you are being safe and wearing masks and gloves and taking all of the precautions and staying six feet apart, like walking around outside, even if there are neighbors outside, like kind of doing that cautiously, but seeing people and talking to people even from a distance is really important because I think that it's really easy speaking for myself to kind of cut myself off because it's easy to like stay in bed and watch TV and not talk to anyone all day. But I think, and it gets easier the more, as more time goes on. But I think even if it takes an effort, it's really important to make that effort to not socially cut yourself off. That would be my advice. I agree. That's definitely really important to think about, like, because we are so physically isolated from another, it can be easy to feel emotionally isolated as well. But it's important to remember the support system that we have, like the friends that we can reach out to. And even um, also one of my goals for all school presidents is just kind of like somebody who can be there for everybody. And um, just kind of being aware that there are people who are willing to listen to you and willing to provide you comfort, whether that be your friends, your parents, or even people on All School Council. Like I, I want people to know that just as the All School Council did this year, in the next year, 
the all school council that I'm part of, we will always be here for everybody and be a support system for everybody. I think Tara did bring up a really good point about not socially cutting yourself off because it is important to remember those around you, even if they may be more than six feet apart, they are still here for you and we are still here for you and everything eventually will be okay. You're both speaking about being supports for others. And I know that Tara, certainly people in our community have felt that you've been there for them. Uh, I wonder who's there for you and how each of you takes care of yourself during this time, because that's also really important. You can drain yourself by giving and giving to everybody else, but something needs to, and something needs to bolster you as well. I mean, I just feel like every, that's the thing is you give so much to the Marlboro community, but you get even more out of it. Like I have just in the last two months, like have grown so much appreciation for my teachers because they are completely there for me. Like I have a lot of classes where the first five, 10 minutes, it's just teachers checking in on and on everyone and like really caring about how they are doing and asking them about their day and like certain things that they've been up to. And I think um, I have so many people in the community that teachers that I can just email Dr. Atwell, you were completely included in that, that I feel confident in emailing and just saying, I miss you very much. And how are you doing? And I definitely get responses and like very quickly and people are just so loving and on my way out of the school I just feel like the relationships that I've made with teachers even though they're even though they're not my age or like we don't it's a completely different relationship than a than a friend from my grade like those relationships will never fade and um those people are have gotten me through this time so I think that teachers would be the people for sure that have really kept me going. And I think that that's why distance learning is really odd and it's not the same as um, in classroom learning. However, just being able to see teachers and talk to teachers and that is some semblance of normal. So I feel like that's gotten me through a lot of it. That made me really sad to be a senior next year. Uh, I'm so, I'm gonna, I'm sure you're feeling this stronger than I am, but I'm really gonna miss my teachers after I graduate. But um, I guess in terms of um, that brings up like a really interesting point of like giving so much to other people, where do you find time for yourself? And there's this one piece of advice that I always give to other people because I know a lot of people who are very giving and they're very kind, but that can be draining sometimes. And I guess I want to share this to anybody who's listening. It's the whole idea of over your entire lifetime, you are going to meet hundreds and thousands and hundreds of thousands of people but the only person that you will always be with for your entire life is yourself. And it's okay to prioritize yourself. And it's okay to sometimes tell somebody, I'm sorry, but um, I can't help you right now. And it's okay to focus on yourself because um, being giving can be tiring sometimes. And it's okay to sometimes be a priority. You can be your own priority. And I think that's really important to remember. But um, just kind of like people who give me, people who support me and give me inspiration are definitely I agree with Tara, my teachers, they are amazing. A uh, little side story, there was actually a very large explosion near my house yesterday. Um, I live in downtown LA. I don't know if you saw it on the news. There was an extremely large explosion in a vape, I think, but um, that was literally one building away from my house. So I had to emergency evacuate because we were in the explosion zone because we were in the, we're in like the industrial district. So there's a lot of like like oil filled containers and like um, warehouses near us. So we had to evacuate. And I emailed all my teachers and they all got back to me and being like, oh, I'm sorry, I had to evacuate. I might not have access to technology. 
luckily I'm back home safe, but they all got back to me within a couple hours and they were all like, huge shout out to my teachers. They're awesome. Dr. Reinholz was very sweet. He was like, I emailed him being like, I apologize if I can't turn in my project. And he said, all that matters is you and your family are safe. And that was so incredibly sweet. So I also definitely find support from the teachers around me and also my friends because they are incredibly awesome. And I know that I can trust them with everything. And they were very caring and supportive of me all the time. And what do each of you find personally inspiring right now? In general, something that you look at or you think about and it inspires you. Um, I think that music has been really important for me recently. Um, I think I am constantly listening to music and I love like sitting outside and just having my earbuds in and like relaxing and taking time for myself and listening to songs that make me happy. But I also think like when I'm sad, I like listening to I think I kind of match my emotions with my music. And so that's been really good. And then I also think as far as inspiration, I've been trying really hard to read as much as I can about healthcare workers and people on the front lines and like reading op-eds and reading opinion pieces from people who have seen this virus hands on. And I think that that is really inspiring to see how much human beings can do, even when it feels like there's so it feels like there's so little hope some days I think it's really important to instead of constantly because I fall into this like I'm constantly watching news which is bad news and I think that that because that's what sells and I have the tv on that's my family we have it on all day so whenever I'm downstairs like I it's like overwhelmingly bad news but I think it's important to seek out actually the good stories and there are so many people working really hard and putting everything into kind of give to giving back to their community. And I think doctors and nurses and the people who are really actually are heroes right now, I've found a lot of inspiration in reading um, whatever they are writing and just keeping on top of that. So I think just finding those stories has been really inspiring. That was a very emotional and very amazing answer because I was going to say Danny DeVito. <laughs> And I don't know if video is going up on this podcast, but my friend Kazi, she, when I was, I talked about this in my old school president speech, but I ran a marathon in February and my friend Kazi, she got me this Danny DeVito cutout as a, like a great job. He's wearing Crocs, but that's not relevant to the story. Yeah. And she gave me this um, Danny DeVito cutout as kind of like a present for saying like, hey, good job on running your marathon. And even though it was such a small gesture for her to just buy this cutout for me, it meant a lot to me because it was like, um, I look at it sometimes and his face reminds me that I have people that support me. And running the marathon was a really difficult, but it was worth it because it reminded me that I have so many people around me that support me and that's kind of what inspires me. The reminder that everybody around me is part of a community that I'm a part of and everybody's so strong and we're all here to support each other. And I guess my basically short answer, my Danny DeVito cutout, emotional answer, my community is what inspires me. I'm so impressed on many levels by that answer, but one thing uh, in particular struck me was the the marathon piece. Dr. Banner and I a while ago ran a half marathon together and uh, she finished much more quickly than I did. I'm in awe of you both. I've recently been trying to like run outside as opposed, I think working out is really important 
too, which I didn't mention because I have never prioritized that in my life. But recently I have found that like doing something every day as much as I can or like every other day is really important. And I've been trying to run outside, which is like logistically hard because there are people and you kind of have to move and then running with a mask is really hard. But I think that that it's painful and I hate running, but it's definitely like it feels so good after and especially going outside and doing it is really different than like going on a treadmill or inside so well I think it can qualify as like an obstacle course as well right because you're in weaving to avoid all the people on the street I mean that's certainly the case here but I, I agree with you being able to go outside and to exercise it just gives you a different uh, perspective as well as being good for your physical self I find myself when I am walking outside noticing things every time I walk the same route that I hadn't really looked at before. Maybe it was because, you know, if I'm walking the dog and I'm thinking about, I have to do this or I have to do that. And then you just stop that and, you know, use that time outside as a way of resetting. It's amazing what you will notice. Any other thoughts about your experience as distance learning? Any anecdotes maybe from class or anything you found particularly surprising about this experience that you'd like to share? I mean, I think it provides for entertainment, which is fun sometimes. Like there have there are extremely funny things that happen. I would say like a couple times a day, just because technology has its flukes, like which I actually think is funny and lets me laugh a little bit. So sometimes people will get frozen in really funny faces, like I'm sure I have before, and I love that. It's so funny, and you can hear their voice, but it, they're just. <laughs> frozen in a certain and it always ends up being a weird face that you're frozen in somehow so I love when that happens and then I love seeing people's pets like that has been a highlight because you always hear about pets in the classroom but now we actually get to see them so yeah I was actually showing Dr. Atwell one of my pets before this call started uh, it's amazing to see people's pets on zoom it's always a fun time um I mean I don't have any specific funny zoom stories but I always enjoy seeing like like glimpses of people's lives on zoom like people in their rooms or like Dr. Millar also shout out to him he was also very supportive a great teacher um his zoom calls the password is gritty exclamation point like the mascot from the Philadelphia Flyers it was um this was like during the start of distance learning he was like by the way the password is gritty and it was like it was just really funny and it was almost it almost felt like we were back at school normally again and it also reminded me like we're in different settings but ultimately school is still the same Dr. Millar still makes jokes about gritty we still find those jokes funny and it was just kind of like a great thing of like yeah we might be in different places but it's still the same yeah, I would say on behalf of all the seniors watching that video that everyone made for us was really sweet because I think everyone, there was a lot of like anticipation up to that day and people were feeling certain ways on that day. And I think it felt like the community was still in one room. Like we were all watching at the same time and it like felt like as close to what ASM would be and everyone still sang to us and um, found ways to say goodbye. So I think that that was really special. And I just think that the effort that everyone's making like I I think all of my teachers have been making so I mean it's hard for everyone in the situation I think it's sometimes it's easy to think of teachers as like immortal beings that can accomplish everything and be totally fine and just be positive all the time and I have really noticed that the community is really trying hard to make it as normal as possible and it comes with much appreciation from our class specifically just because we're in a weird place in life for all this to happen so yeah. 
I made the junior class video. It was so hard to get people to send videos in. The people that did send in videos, their videos were so sweet. I was like, if I were a senior, this would make me feel very appreciated. And I'm glad that you guys liked it. The seventh graders were so cute too. They, um, they each of them said a word about their seventh grade buddy. So, and they're just so like little, like we kind of just got to see like the process that we went through leading up till then. And then there were, it was still like, I mean, I always remember in past years, people crying when the mom sang and when the teacher sang and people still cried and like felt those same emotions. It wasn't different. So I think that that was it just was like, it showed that we're still a community and we're still all together, even that means, if that doesn't mean physically together. I appreciate the creativity as well that everyone is showing to try to reinvent things that have been traditions for a long time or feel uh, feel super important to people to figure out a way to honor that, um, even if it isn't what was always done or what was always expected. So on that note, I just want to thank both of you so much for your leadership and your creativity as well in both leading us this past year as all school president and in looking forward to what we have to experience under your leadership next year, Tommy. So you again, and I hope this won't be the last time I see both of you. Thank you so much for having us. And of course, Lot. Uh, I guess maybe I just wanted to add on to the end. Moving forward, I'm really excited to be in this position. Uh, as you said, I have some very big shoes to fill that Tara left behind. I will do you proud. And I just wanted to know, uh, say that for anybody listening, that things might be uncertain now, but things will be getting so much more better in the future. And I will always be here for you, the person who is listening and for everybody. And I will do everything to make sure that when we return, it will be the most amazing time ever. And also thank you so much, Dr. Atwell, for this opportunity. I'm very thankful. Thank you. Have a great rest of your week. And I look forward to seeing you again, both on Zoom and then eventually in person. So that's it for this installment of Marlboro Together at a Distance. I'm Dr. Atwell, and thanks so much for listening. I hope you'll tune in next time to hear more about how our Marlboro community is living and learning through the coronavirus experience. If you'd like to be a guest on the show or suggest someone to be interviewed, please email me at katherine.atwell at marlboro.org. This show is a production of the Sherry and Ed Glazer Center for Entrepreneurship and Innovation. Our producer and the composer of our theme song is the amazing Eric Weza. Thanks so much, Eric, for all of your hard work on this and all projects in the CEI. Thanks also to Regina Rosie Mitchell, the director of the CEI, and of course, Dr. Sands and the rest of Marlboro's incredible administrative team for supporting us all as we learn together at a distance. See you next time.